0: You don't have the uh, chanting sheet. Uh, please help uh, yourself with the chanting sheet on the table. Um, you don't need to keep them. If you just want to, after chanting, if you don't want to keep the sheet, you can just put it back on the table. But you're welcome to take them as well if you'd like to. Um, that's the chanting that I do um, when I was sharing um, um, what do I do. Uh, so after meditation or something, I'll chant the sharing of merits. Or when I go up to the, um, I call my secret garden up to the uh, bush area, I'll do the sharing of merits. So whatever practice I do for the day, I share merits with all the beings in the bush there. So that's quite uh, a, a small one to chant. is very nice. Um, it's in English. You <laughs> and I think traditional Buddhists, they will do that in Pali, but I only learn the English version. So I think wherever you go, in most of the Western monasteries, they do use this um, sharing of marriage chant, which is nice too. Because uh, I met a number of nuns from more different places. Uh, when we get together, when we want to do some chanting at the end of... Uh, a ceremony or something. Uh, we don't even need to say we just say sharing of merits. Everyone will know the chant, which is nice. So finally we are making to the last sessions. I say the same thing too. I say, yeah. <laughs> we all can, you all can go home. I can relax and <laughs> have a long cup of tea. <laughs> um I actually said that earlier, I'm going to share with you a story from the Buddha. It is only fair, otherwise I will see that I'm a bit uh, um, sort of too biased onto the stories of many, I talk about Ayavayama. So um, this is a story about, um, it's not from the sutra, uh, not from the teaching of the Buddha of the collection, uh, but it's from um, those that who know, it's from the Jataka tales. Um, so it is uh, um, a nice story about loving kindness and compassion. It's about elephant. I told you about the elephant. It's a famous Buddhist story, actually. Um, so this is the story, how it goes. Um, during the, uh, the Buddhist time, the Buddha has uh, even had a lot of enemies. So don't worry if we have a hard time or, or dislike or difficult people the Buddha had the difficult people and people who disliked him too. So he, uh, one of his, uh, I think is his cousin, and uh, he uh, worked, up, worked together with the king, and because they don't like the Buddha, um, so I adapted the story a little bit <laughs> from just uh, telling you the story from my memory. Um, so he, they went to, uh, the king got a very big elephant, and uh, is sort of the biggest beast around the area. So the the king agreed uh, to the cousin that he can uh, do tell the uh, elephant keeper to relieve this elephant to kill the Buddha. So that's a plot. So uh, the cousin called Devadatta went to uh, speak to the elephant keeper and the uh, they, he, the cousin asked the elephant keeper, how many pots of alcohol do you give to the uh, elephant normally? The elephant keeper say, eight. And um, this um, cousin say, okay, tomorrow give the elephant 16 so that you make the elephant really mad. Um, so, Okay the elephant keeper got to say yes because the king gave him the instructions to follow whatever the cousins uh, this devil that say so they planned to release the elephant after giving after they gave him 16 pots of alcohol and then uh, on the path of the buddha the buddha will go on Armstrong and uh, when people heard about it one of the buddha's uh, chief disciples he got uh, psychic powers. Not psychic irritants, but psychic power. So he went to say, see the Buddha. He said, Do you want me to disappear the elephant? Because that's what he's capable of doing. And the Buddha said, No, don't do it. I can't handle it. And then another of his uh, chief disciples, uh, his name is uh, Venerable Ananda. He's uh, very loyal. Uh, uh, he... Had been the Buddha's uh, disciple, um, the attendant for a long time. And most of the teaching of the Buddha actually is memorized by him. So it's pretty, uh, very special. So he told the Buddha, I'm going to stand in front of the elephant. So if you, uh, the elephant charged towards him, um, uh, the Buddha, he will take the blunt first. That's what he said to the Buddha. The Buddha pushed him away. said, go away, Ananda. I can manage this uh, big beast. So there you go. There come the confrontation. You can see the elephant charging to us the, on the path. He didn't really, the elephant didn't really charging to us. The Buddha just charging, destroying everything on um, along the path. And then the elephant, um, so, uh, just charging and running towards the Buddha, and the Buddha say, "Hui." Uh, the elephant's name is called Nala Giri. Um, I haven't really found out exactly what this um, name means, and so the Buddha say, "Nala Giri, stop." We have, even with uh, sixteen pots of alcohol. Um, don't waste the energy. Go to destroy and crushing all other creatures. Come towards me. That's what uh, um, Buddha said to this elephant. The elephant was charging towards to the Buddha and suddenly heard Buddha say. And so he looked up. He saw the Buddha. And he suddenly tried to make a break. He can hear like a car. All the sounds making because this is quite a big beast. And um, the... When you can imagine, when you see, let's say, Ajahn Brahm, you would like to see him. He's such a, when you talk about softness, he's an um, example of full of softness, or so Ayurveda's that you saw, full of softness and gentleness. So imagine that he's a Buddha that can have a, all the full practice. So when the elephant heard the Buddha's voice and saw the Buddha, so he actually stopped. Um, just before he crushed him, and he was uh, saying the um, teaching, uh, sutra, saying the teaching saying that his ears shake and uh, he dropped his trunk, his elephant trunk, on the ground and um, he just stopped. And um, Buddha, and he went bow, like sit down, like something like bowing down, paying respect to the Buddha. And the Buddha said to him that. Uh, I know you are. Um, um, they call root elephant, like the elephant that, that is uh, fierce and uh, will uh, kill without any hesitation at all. But I am the Buddha elephant. That's what the Buddha said. And the Buddha actually, uh, when the elephant bowed down, struck the Buddha, uh, elephant. So you come a big news in towns, and everyone was. Uh, it's just because the Buddhas. Uh, 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 radiate and exudate this um, aura of uh, loving kindness and uh, compassion. Uh, so this is just a, a story I'm um, telling you about, uh, showing you that you don't need force, and you just need to melt your enemy with uh, this the power of uh, loving kindness and compassion. Of course, we need to have uh, the Buddha's uh, power, but we can um, and even a bit apart, a small amount of it was enough. Actually, I didn't bring my sutras that I meant to share with you in the earlier sessions that I don't have the time. One of the sutras was saying that just uh, tell, telling the monks, it's just the time to snap your finger. If that is so just little time that you use to uh, develop loving kindness. The Buddha considered the uh, monks that he was talking to is a true monk that he really practices and are really uh, worthy of receiving the alms food. So let alone someone practices it and develop it and cultivate it and make it our foundation, make it our basis. That's what I'm um, encouraging all of us are doing. So a snap of the finger, just really a, just a thought moment. So that is uh, the Buddha considered it is a very um, uh, good enough. I was very good uh, that you can do that. So if we really can make it into our basis, our um, vehicle will be very beneficial to all of us. So there you go. that's the Buddha story. Takaya, uh, say that mixture. Tell you one of the story. So um, this is uh, basically this session. So we are going to talk about. If you are going to go home today. Um, so I hope. Um, the loving kindness that can light up in your heart, you can bring it home with you, uh, wherever you go, uh, to your family, to your friends, and you can share the light of uh, loving kindness, which is very rare. And um, I I have talked a bit about it. We talked about someone asked me the questions last night. I suggest that uh, the best, if you can, is to practice. Half an hour, not just loving kindness meditation, actually any meditation to make it your uh, foundation, make it a regular practice. If you can do it every day, it's excellent, half an hour. You can't, we can compromise uh, two or three times a week. If you can't do half an hour, 15 to 20 minutes a day, uh, each time. Um, It is always good to build up. It's hard to do, you know, an hour every day. I told you the story of someone that uh, actually one of our supporters in Perth, that he, I think for his 50th birthday, that's what he made his uh, uh, determination. He said he's going to uh, dedicate uh, to practice uh, meditation. He had been doing that in the past 20 or 20 years. Every day, two or three hours per day. I think he started at three. He f- say it's too difficult when he got to work full time. That means he got to get up two hours earlier to practice. And then he got to practice another hour in the evening. Uh, he finds it's very challenging. So he changed it to two hours. So you, he just say, I said, well, how do you fit it into your life? You know, you've got parties, now he got grandkids, so he got to do uh, grandkids sitting. So he said he will sort of adjust. So if he knows he's got a gathering to go to in the evening, he will make sure that he will sit one and a half in the morning and find time to do another half an hour, sometimes in the afternoon, before he attend the gathering. So you, you can't for, I'm sure we all can uh, try 20 minutes. Even I say that I know it's hard because I tried. As I told you before, I'm on a, sometimes on a 12-hour shift. I don't want to do anything when I get back. I, I get home after a 12-hour shift. So two or three days a week will be excellent. Another suggestion is um, I actually went to someone's house uh, all the weekend after the meditation day. Is to set up a room in your house if you can. Um, the person that the house I went to, they have a shrine room. They're Buddhist, so they have a, a Buddha statue there, um, so they can go in there and sit and they listen to the talks there as well. But I even been to someone's place that uh, they only have a corner somewhere in their house have a table, uh, you can put the candles there. Of course, if you have a Buddha, small Buddha statue, that will be great. If not, just put the candles. That is your choir corner. Actually, not just for you. If you've got someone else in the family, you can just, you set up this um, um, conditioning for the whole family. That's the choir corner. It's not the naughty corner, but a place that you can contemplate. You can sit quietly. Actually, if you have kids, they will pick it up too. They will go there. Or your friends or partner, they will go there too. So you can set that somewhere in your house. If not in your room, um, somewhere. Just even put your meditation stools or chair, just a place there that you know that you'll go there and that's the place that you will take your 10 minutes or 15 minutes meditation. Or just even sit there quietly. So there's uh, something, a suggestion for you to do. Um, okay, after saying that, I can share with you some more stories. Um, stories is always nice, and I love to tell stories too. And these are my own stories. Um, after these retreats, when you get home, you might think that, well, it seems like nothing happened. It seems that like nothing changed in whatever you do. Um, but I uh, encourage you to uh, keep an eye out or to really pay attention to see what happened because uh, just tell you what happened to me. I attended one of the weekend retreats, tried really hard, have headaches, <laughs> trying to focus with my uh, uh, the breath and uh, my, uh, uh, the tip of my nose. And um, after that, I thought, well, never mind, I give it... I, that, that's what you do uh, in the retreat you try to develop uh, or uh, deepen your skills of your meditation skill so I went back um, I think at the time the weekend retreats is uh, normally there's only two weekends retreat at the time normally it's happens uh, during the long weekend so Monday is a public holiday so I went to my normal aerobic classes at 8 o'clock, very enthusiastic. I Normally it's hopeless. Um, my coordination is really hopeless. So normally in the aerobic class, when everyone jumps to the left, I'm the one who jumps to the right. Everyone kicks to the left. At the time, it's very popular, the kickboxing. Imagine there's 100 people in the big hall. Everyone kick one direction. I'm the one that kicked opposite directions. So I'm always very embarrassing. But that day, first time, I can't follow the instructions. I jump or move to the same directions of the whole class. And I uh, sort of uh, hit or put up my hand to the, well, everyone uh, put up their hand to the right side or left side. After the class, I went back home, I thought, what happened? What is the difference? Why I can't do it this time? Then I realized that the weekend retreat, I have sharpened my mindfulness. I have developed a little bit of concentration and focus. That gave me the um, incentive to continue to practice. And I wasn't, you know, as I say, I have a hard time trying to have headaches and trying to focus uh, the breath on at the tip of my nose. So let alone, some of you, you know, I heard some of you did really well, have uh, some uh, special uh, uh, energy or special um, um, experiences. And I encourage you, don't be afraid, keep going. Um, you need to speak to someone I think BSWA still have uh, every Saturday afternoon they still got meditation classes they have a four week uh, classes for people to follow so go there and speak to someone about your meditation and um, so that's one of uh, uh, the story and keep an eye out that give you the incentive and uh, encouragement to keep practicing Another not so funny story, also from myself. Um, there is a arm armhole up in the pharmacy that I work, and I was one of I was the person that being someone have a knife next to me and asked me to uh, uh, open whatever the safe and the till for them. So um, that's um, in Perth um, uh, on a Sunday evening at eight o'clock at night. I was with another shop, uh, pharmacist assistant with me. But um, someone came in with a balaclava on. I thought they came from a, like a dress party. Uh, when they say, this is the arms hold up. We just, two of us just open our mouth. <laughs> just, it's a shock. But I must say, I did have the training. We know that, uh, we knew that at that time, or even now, it's a reality. Of arms hold up, so we've been given instructions of what to do. So we did um, from point A to like exactly follow the instructions uh, that we have being given. So I attended some um, uh, sessions by the police and gave instructions to the pharmacists uh, what to do. So after that, you know, I got to call the police and uh, call the boss, and then um, I was just uh, on duty uh, in that pharmacy. So then I repeated the story like at least five times by the time that, I, because they keep on asking you all the details of the story, um, of what happened actually. And then the boss came, got to repeat that again. So by the time I left the it's probably after 10 o'clock at night, I actually got to go back to work the next day. I told the boss, I said, I can't do it. I can't come at eight, I come at 10 please. At least I can have two hours, of, uh, uh, um, so I slept in for two hours. When I get back, um, I live with my grandma, but she was away from ho- f- uh, for a holiday. So I'm home alone, it's 10ish, 11, by the time I have something to eat, and uh, I couldn't talk to anyone. I don't want to tell my, call my family because I don't want them to worry about me. So I went to have a shower, I, You know, when you're young, you just didn't take anything seriously, you just thought, you know, just a normal thing. So um, I switched on the uh, tap, I, I saw my hand shaking. I knew that I could be in trouble. Um, so I must say I was really lucky. That's why we say you practice, make the meditation as your basis, make it a habitual pattern, make it effortlessly, t- what you think about is meditation. I didn't do anything after shower. I helped just intuitively. I went to my room, I crossed my leg, I sat. I probably did only 15, 20 minutes of meditation. I'm not a, I don't think I'm a good meditator. I probably can't focus uh, at the time I just learned uh, Probably meditate for four or five years, so I can count one to 20, 20 to one. To, you know those sort of breath that you're counting. Um, I don't know, can't remember what happened, but I remember I crossed my leg and sat down. That night I slept through. Of course, I have some post traumatic stress. Like if someone run towards me, um, didn't tell me that they are coming at the back, I would jump. So that's uh, uh, that. That's a sex series that uh, I uh, have. But that night, I slept through. When I reflected about later on, of course, all of us have to go to um, a psychologist for workers' compensation because uh, being uh, arms hold up is a reality in pharmacy. So you have to go just in case you're being hold up the next time and, you, uh, the per- and we have uh, much more of effect for the second time, then you can claim workers' call. That's the uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, the um, legal part of it. But I don't have any problems after that. But what I, when I reflected on what happened, I think it's the meditation and just because uh, I don't know what to do, uh, but yet because I didn't do, as I said, I didn't even meditate every night. I just do two or three times a week, um, and I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I did go to Dhamma Loka. I attended a number of weekend retreats, <laughs> I think by then. Um, so I did have some skills in meditation, but not a very skilled meditation but it helps me. I'm telling you all these stories is to encourage all of us to um, really take um, meditation and the practice seriously. Um, Might seem nothing now, but in times of uh, uh, stress or difficulties, you can really pull it out as your tools rather than wait till then that you start to develop meditation. You all been through this retreat, and uh, some of you have been to uh, know how to meditate. So keep it up. Um, it helps someone like me at the time that who's not do not meditate that much. I'm surely I'm sure that it will be we uh, can help you and uh, form a foundation for you. And I uh, talk about a lot of Maya. Uh, um, sort of silly things say even i can become a nun so i'm sure all of you can do that so um, that's what um, i would like to talk about and hope that you bring a piece of uh, peace and kindness with you from this retreat and uh, what we're going to do is i'm going to lead Someone will say, again, loving-kindness meditation, you had enough of loving-kindness. But we're going to do one final loving-kindness meditation. But the aim of this is to share merits. You can see that you actually can use um, the loving-kindness meditation in different way. And uh, you can, I'm going to uh, pull something out and uh, change it to just for sharing of merits. So we're going to share merits with our, uh, the volunteers and everyone here. And then we're going to chant the dedication of merits at the end, um, after we finish, before we go. So please really, um It will not be long for this meditation. Hopefully you need about 20, 15 to 20 minutes. So once again, stay in silence. Appreciate this beautiful peace inside the silence, the quietness, where your inner strength and confidence will grow. You repeat the verses and all of you have been very familiar with so I'm going to start with ourselves May I be at peace and may I be at ease May I be at peace May I be at ease and you feel the loving-kindness, the good wishes, and the peace inside your body. Anywhere in your heart, on your forehead, a feeling of warmth, softness, lightness, May I be at peace. May I be at ease. Let the loving kindness, the peace, grow stronger and spreading it all over your body. May I be at peace. May I be at ease. Peace and ease spread through the whole body from the top of the head all the way to the toes, to every cell and tissues of the body. You feel the peace, you immerse in the peace. May I be at peace. May I be at ease. Now we include all your loved ones, the families at home. May they be at peace and at ease. And your families and your loved ones at home. May they be at peace and at ease. May I appreciate them, appreciating them that uh, let you have this opportunity to come to a weekend retreat and sharing your peace and good wishes with them. May your loved ones and family be at peace and at ease. Now we expand our loving kindness to everyone sitting here. May all the retreatants, all your friends in this weekend retreat be at peace and at ease. Wishing everyone well. And may the retreats be another step closer to their liberation and freedom. May all the retreatants and friends be at peace and at ease. We keep, keep on expanding the loving-kindness, the good wishes to all the volunteers who prepare the hall, prepare the retreats, uh, to the retreat manager Ranga and Christina, and also the other caretakers, Scott, and all the people who offer dana, and all the volunteers involved. And the booking manager. May all the volunteers be at peace and at ease. We wish them well and appreciating their work. We keep expanding our loving kindness and good wishes. Especially to the ancestor of this land that allow us to be able to uh, meditate and enjoy the peace and quiet on this land. So, may the ancestor of this land be at peace and at ease, and share the merits of our practice and cultivation. keep on expanding our good wishes, a feeling of peace and ease to all the people, especially all the monks and nanagarikas and all the lay people in the Monastery. Monastery. All the monks and nanagarikas and all the occupants in Bodhiana Monastery be at peace and at ease. Appreciating their cultivation and work. So, spending there's a prison farm or far away from here. So, we're sending our good wishes and peace and ease to all the occupants in the carnet prison farm. We keep on expanding our good wishes to all the beings in serpentine. May all the beings in serpentine be at peace and at ease. We keep on expanding our good wishes to all the beings in Perth, including our friend Talia. Wishing her well, wishing her to have all the care and support that she needs, and also her family and friends. We keep expanding our loving kindness. Peace and ease to all the beings in Australia. May all the beings be well at peace and at ease. May all beings in Australia be well at peace and at ease. Continue to expand our loving kindness to all beings on earth. Whoever they are, whatever they are, and wherever they are, may all beings be at peace and at ease. May they share in our work and cultivation this weekend. May they always have support and care that they need. We expand the loving kindness, the feeling of peace and ease, and good wishes to all beings in the universe. May all beings be at peace and at ease. May all beings. Be at peace and it is. Now bring your awareness back to earth when all beings on this planet earth be at peace and at ease. Bring awareness back to Australia. May all beings in Australia be at peace and at this. May all beings in Australia be at peace and at this And now back to Perth. May all beings, all your friends, families in Perth be at peace and at ease. We once again sending our good wishes and support to Talia and her family and friends as well. So may all beings in Perth be at peace and at ease. Once again, we bring our awareness back to Serpentine. May all beings in Serpentine be at peace and at ease. And we're back to Jhāna Grove. May all the beings, all the volunteers, and everyone who help. To make this retreat possible, we send them our appreciation and good wishes, and share in our cultivation and practice. So may all the volunteers and all the beings in Jalan Grove be at peace and at ease. Especially sending our appreciation to the ancestor of the land, that we can practice her here in harmony and safety. Bring our awareness back to this this hall. May all the beings in this hall be at peace and at ease. May all our friends and the retreatants in this hall be at peace and at ease. Appreciating everyone working together in peace and harmony, in goodwill. and wishing each one of us taking another step in liberation and freedom and in kindness. Once again, we bring awareness back to our families, And friends. May all our family and friends be at peace and at least. May they share in our practice. I so would like to invite you to share the practice with Ayavayama for her one-year death anniversary. So wishing Ayavayama be at peace and at ease. And may she attain Nibbana. And once again, back to ourselves. May I be at peace and at ease. May I dedicate the work that I did this weekend for my own freedom and liberation for kindness and gentleness. Now back to the silence. I'm going to channel blessings for all of you, wishing all of you. Continue to practice on the Eightfold Path for freedom and liberation. Sabha rogavini muto Sabha Nibuto chatterta wambawa Sabit te o wevajantu Saboro go wesa to Ma Bawa One go Bawa Abhi wadana silisani chamudapachainu chataro damma wadanti. Ayu wa no sukang balang. Bawa chu ba Manggalang ba devata. Saba Buddha, nuba winner, Saba Dama Saba Sanga Sada ba one two. May all of us be well and happy. So one more thing to do before we go is we're going to chant sharing of merits. So please join in if you know the chanting. And this should be a sheet at the back there on the table. the dedication of merits you can chant loud if you know the chant those of you who know the chant may the merits made by me now or at some other time be shared among all beings here infinite immeasurable, by rejoicing in this cause, these gifts of merits given by me, may beings all forever live a happy life, be free from hate, and may they find the path secure, and the good wishes all succeed. Sadu, sadhu, sadhu. There you go. This is official end of the retreat. Well done.